Hey guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobodies podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, along with my co-host, Kyle Thurkey, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville music scene and the ins and outs of Lower Broadway and a bunch of other random stuff that comes to mind. So if you're thinking about Nashville or new to Nashville and want to wrap your head around what's going on, this might be a great place to start. Take a listen. What's up, everybody? It's Kyle Thurkey with Nashville for Nobodies. And Bobby Gordon, and we're here with a guest. But before we get to that, I want to do another quick reminder of my fundraiser. Um, I am fundraising for the Breast Cancer Can Stick It organization. They have a fundraiser every summer that I participate in that ends in either late September or early October, depending on when their Dramathon event is. And it's uh, it's usually in the Dallas area in Texas, and I'm gonna try to get you to come with me this year, Kyle, if you we'll want to go to Texas. Always. <laughs> when, but, uh, when when do I not want to go to Texas? Actually, right? that's that. Never mind. <laughs> he I said with the Bucky statue. Fun trip. But anyway, um, they're actually going to be at the Music City Drum Show again this year. They were there last year, and so they'll oh, be yeah. there this year. And so if you want to know any more information about the organization, check out the Music City Drum Show, and you can come talk to them in person. Or you can always message me, and I'll send you all the information and all that jazz. But if you'd like to donate, you can donate um, through the website that I post on all the socials, or you can just Venmo me with Story of Bob. And that's how you can help out and be a hero. Where's the Music City Drum Show at? Music City Drum Show is at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, whatever that building's called. I don't remember which building. Do you it's remember when the date, like when it's going to happen? I can look it up. It is like mid to late July, I believe. Give me just a hot second because Facebook knows everything. I was like, we should definitely Music. go ahead and just throw that date out there since yes. it's coming up. That is coming City up, isn't drum it? Show. It is July 29th and 30th. July 29th and 30th, Music yep. City Drums show? Yep. Awesome. Um, I, of course, will be there, um, and I don't know exactly what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to try to do something to promote the podcast, maybe handing out flyers or business cards, or uh, a friend of mine suggested a shirt that says something to the effect of, do you want to be a nobody, and then has a web address, and that is it. Nah, I have an even better one for Ooh, you. you. One? Yeah, do you want to be a nobody, and then under underneath it have a QR code people can scan? Yes. Yeah. I think Dude, I might do business um, cards like that. So That's just flat black. Actually, I wanted to talk to you about that after the show. I definitely want to get some business cards yes. made for us because I've had quite a few people come up to me at shows lately, which has been pretty awesome and cool. Like I never thought that would happen. So, anyways, <laughs> it is super cool. When I mean, freaking, there's been a handful of times where we've been playing, and somebody's been like, "Hey, aren't you from the pod?" And you're like, "Yeah, man." Yeah, yeah. It's it's super happened. Cool. It's happened quite a bit lately. So, all right, moving forward, introducing our guest today, we have. I've been looking forward to this Me interview too. for the last couple of weeks now. We have Drew Meckler. Drew, how are you, buddy? I am doing so good, Kyle. Thank you. Oh, thanks so for having me, boys. Oh, oh thanks for doing it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming in. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Drew is a drummer in town. Drew, where are you from? Originally New Jersey. New Jersey. Somerset, New Jersey. Okay. Yep. I didn't know that. You're, well, hold on. Wait. <laughs> Pause. Wait. <laughs> You're way too, like, happy 
and right? cheerful <laughs> to be from New Jersey. Why did I know you were going to say that? I like, literally had that in my head. You and Eric Gannis are like the happiest people in the world, but from like <laughs> the most angriest areas. Wait, and I'm like, Eric's from New Jersey. Eric's too? from New York. Really? Yeah. Dang. I didn't know that. Yeah, Eric's from New York. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. Is Eric okay? Like, I heard he like had a fall. I, I know his arms hurt. Oh, damn. I actually have not reached out to him. I, no, I, I got to reach out to him, too. Yesterday. Um, I definitely well, should I'm just that. learning about this. What happened? Apparently, he had a, I think it was a hiking accident, right, Kyle? Something uh, like that? He posted up something on Facebook about that he was looking for some subs for his gigs because he fell and hurt his arm, and he's not oh, going to no. play for a little while. Damn. So, I'm not sure exactly what he did. But I know that that he is, is like hurt. legit one of my biggest fears. Same here. Like I'll yep. hurt my wrist or something like that. Like, oh, dude, that's I, why I quit skateboarding. I used oh. to try and be a skateboarder, and I fell once and sprained my wrist, and I was like, "Fuck all that." Yeah, dude, <laughs> I had that scare when I laid my motorcycle down uh, last year. Thankfully, like I just had road rash, but I was like, yeah. "This could have been so much worse." And if I like really hurt my hands yeah like, what would i have done? i'm only good at one thing i do yeah. not take that away from me <laughs> anyways so all right drew so yes. you're you're from new jersey when did you move to nashville um i that's a tough question because i went to belmont from 2016 to 2020 okay um graduated in 2020 i put air quotes there because um that was covid but i'll get to that in a minute right. um but officially like got a house that was off campus with a bunch of my buddies um, in summer of 2017, so after my sophomore year, we lived in a glorified cardboard box for five people um, for about... <laughs> I have some stories, but exactly. Glorified cardboard box. When I tell you that move-out experience was something I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy, I, I don't put that lightly, but maybe later. But anyway, um, yeah, summer of 2017 was the excuse me official move-in for all of us like to an actual house we stayed there for two years moved into another house for a couple years um so officially 2017 but basically 2016 because that's when i started my belmont career so okay yeah um how long from when you first moved down for school until you started gigging regularly actually very recently so i only started gigging down here um, full time, really, in 2021, like July of 2021. Okay. Um, my first, <laughs> my first gig was Logan Hatcher called me. I'm sure you, most of the people down here know Logan. We absolutely. Um, love who Logan. doesn't? Who doesn't know Logan? Of course. But <laughs> I've I've learned that every time I bring up a name, someone's like, I was like, oh, like I'm friends with Logan. They're like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, but he called me out of the blue. I hadn't talked to him in like a year, and he was like, hey man, he's like, I know a long time no see, but um. He's like, I need a like a rock based drummer, like really last minute. It was two days before July fourth, and it was mm. July fourth rooftop at Paradise Park, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> and uh, we played the rooftop gig there. I was very nervous. I hadn't played a show since before COVID, probably like twenty nineteen. And um, and honestly, we crushed it. Like I, it was it was one of those things where you just knew it was going to work right away. Like from like the first three songs, it was like, oh god, this is perfect. I mean, and yeah. the second the second they paid me after the gig, they're like, they were literally like, please, like do something. And I was working a very very comfortable um, remote job with benefits and four hundred one k and everything. I was getting paid really well. And let me tell you, when I called my parents and I was like, hey, so um, they have a pretty solid schedule here and I'd make just as much, if not more money. And they're like, 
Um, uh, I mean, okay. So, and I'll talk more about my parents later because they have a very big influence on me as a human being and, and musician. Um, but yeah, and I made the very scary decision to quit that job and do that full time. And yeah, I guess the rest is history. I mean, we'll, we'll get to more of it, I'm sure. But I mean, that that a lot of people say that you know they they made the the scary decision to do this rather than what's safe or obviously safe mm-hmm. and comfortable but like at the end of the day like this is what we're here for mm-hmm. like you didn't you didn't go to belmont to not play music sure yeah you didn't come to nashville to not perform right and i mean that's 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 part of that stepping stone sequence that gets you into being a full-time professional musician as you have to treat it like you have to do it exactly and, and not like it's a secondary option to what's safe mm-hmm. and i think uh a very interesting thing at least for my case and i know actually a good amount of friends of mine that went to school with me um we a lot of us did music business degrees rather nice. than performance degrees because and that's how i was able to get that job in the first place especially during covid because i mean broadway was closed you know right and all that and not to harp on the pandemic so much but i mean like that's literally how i was able to well, st- I mean, keep our, going our like, entire yeah. life stopped yeah, yeah. exactly like, it was completely taken away from us and there was nothing we could do exactly we were, we were all just like thousands of us out of jobs immediately and we're just like what 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 do we do absolutely yeah it is terrifying because i like and i was working over at the school of rock which i have many many connections with school of rock like from when i was a kid um up in jersey but uh i was working there teaching and luckily enough we were able to keep going via zoom and like i actually went and bought a really cheap electric kit and ran it through logic so like the kids that i was teaching even though there were some that were like four years old could at least hear what i was doing and i'm not just hitting plastic i feel bad like the parents are there like being like hey you gotta stay there you know you gotta like you know keep your drumsticks in your hand they're like throwing it around like throwing their food it's right. so, so great I, I love them but um but yeah and then after after a while i, I was kind of like okay like it's probably time for something new and i actually used my business degree to go and get a job um and I had an audio emphasis, and that's kind of how I was able to sneak in the door at a company called Ergo, and they're like okay. a really innovative hearing aid company, actually. Uh, I was just doing customer service, but the concept is so cool. It's literally AirPods, but hearing aids. Nice. And they're not like, you know, they don't stick out. Like, you actually put them like all the way in your ear. So, so hold on. Yeah. Pause. Sorry. You have a business degree. Is it a music business degree? Music business. Yeah. Okay. Because I was was like, all right, you went to Belmont and you got a business degree. I was like, it's got to be music business. Oh, sure. It's just business. What? what? No. Why did you go to Belmont for that? Belmont has two. There are two main degrees are actually nursing above music business, which actually my girlfriend is a nursing or was a nursing major, is now a Vanderbilt nurse. Um, And the other one is music business. It's literally, I think it's like 48% music business, 48% nursing and then the rest is just anything else <laughs> so that's um, awesome no yeah belmont is like if you go there like you can throw a rock and hit someone as a music business major like anywhere but um but yeah and that's why i was able to sneak in get that desk job i don't know if i was really that good at it i can talk to people all day long but like you i don't know, know feel I, like that's 90 percent of yeah. customer service is to be able to have a conversation and de-escalate any like 
tension. Oh, absolutely. I literally ended up getting some probably 95-year-old woman's phone number because she liked me so much. She gave me her personal cell phone number, and she's like, if you're ever down in Louisiana, you give me a call now, sonny <laughs> boy. I'll get you whatever you need. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> the, uh, Dude, the, you could have had you a sugar mama. <laughs> 95? Kyle, come on. Hey, That's literally you know, 70 years. Dude, she, she probably just wants some conversation, bro. Oh, right? absolutely. She dude. just wants some company, man. Just, <laughs> I, I go give her all the company she wants, man. Just, get, just give me some money. Let's go. Just watch TV with her. That's all she's no, doing. She, she, she was like, I bought these hearing aids cause, so I can hear the prices right. And I'll, I'll never forget. Dude, my. my Amazing. Yeah, I will, yes. I will go hang out with that lady. Yes. Dude, let's sit and chill and watch some prices right. Fuck yes. Three fifty. Eight dollars. Fucking inflation. <laughs> oh good, I can curse on here. That makes oh, me feel absolutely. okay, good. Um I was I was waiting for someone to drop the first F bomb. Uh, fuck shit. Fuck. Anyway. Um there you go. good boy. But um <laughs> No, and I'll, and I'll never forget that conversation for as long as I live because my buddy Chris, who now lives down here, um he, he was actually staying with me because he he's originally from New Jersey too. I went to high school with him. And he <laughs> he was staying in my room and he's just like laughing his ass off while I'm having this whole conversation because I have my desk and like I didn't have my uh, my headphones on or anything I was just doing it via speaker mm-hmm. I barely even knew he was in the room like he just walked in he was eating Chipotle for lunch and he's like looking over at me like the hell's going on <laughs> like, <laughs> but nah man that, that was it was it was a good gig but uh and I, honestly I loved all the people I worked with but after a while, I mean, after a while, I'm like, I mean, okay, I'm kind of bored. It's really easy to love your coworkers when you're at home and they're at their home. Exactly. And you don't yeah. Have to oh, dude, when, when it's I went, it's easier to get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> you log off at eight o'clock and you turn you turn on whatever it is you want to turn on or turn off and go to sleep, and then you're you're good to go till the next day. So, but yeah, and I, it was the best decision I ever made leaving, though. Yes. Honestly. Yes. So, what was the biggest like culture shock coming from New Jersey to? Tennessee speed and lack thereof <laughs> like now are we talking general, about like just in general speed like, of life speed of life speed drugs, of that's life you're in, <laughs> no dude in, in all seriousness you're in the south you know the south dude because i mean you can see it like i am very like go 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 i got my brains on 100 all the time so like I feel like I make the joke with my buddies like all the time. I'm like, we're, we're all like, we could thrive in like New York City. Like, we're always mm-hmm. go, go, go. Like, if someone bumps you on the shoulder, it's okay. You just keep walking. Like, I'm one person where I was like, if I, you know, bump into someone's room, like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, in New York, no one gives a shit. Like, or, or in New Jersey, like, people are just jaywalking and people actually, you know, like, actually stop and like, when, like let people like cross the street. Here, it's just like, you know, you know, you know, like, and it's weird because everything's just very opposite because sometimes it'll be like either people are like really slow behind the wheel or they're really slow walkers i'm a very fast walker and like and i think that was the thing and like the the way i I used to be i'm not anymore yeah like a medium paced walker now yeah and like and that's the thing like i think like especially like in the service industry like i was working at a, a place that served acai bowls and like people would talk very slow and like and i'd be like you know making a bowl as fast as i could and like one of my managers one time literally said like dude like slow down like and honestly that's kind of like been you know a big thing that like's been preached to me wow like just like reel it in a little bit you know like slow down like enjoy what you're doing like don't like be so rushed to get to the next thing don't do things just to get them done you know like just like take pride in what you're doing you Mm -hmm. know and that's one one big you know kind of i think that's one big thing that i've learned especially from playing down here is don't just 
play to play this like to play like really play and take pride in every hit every fill every note that you hit when you're singing and like and i think that's you know, I think it's a testament to the people I've been lucky enough to surround myself with. Oh yeah, uh, especially I mean, especially Andy, who I play like who I play with with Monty Andy Jones, who you all have to get on here because he's got oh, stories on stories. Andy, Andy, and I have talked. He, he's going to be on. Yeah, um, but him and I both grew up like with the prog and the metal background, and like him and <laughs> him and I on the stage are somehow just the same brain. Like if if I'm about to like. And don't crucify me, everyone listening. Throw a blast beat in a song that doesn't have a blast beat, and he'll just go and like go with me. And I'm like, how did you even know I was gonna do? Like he just, we just know each other so well. Isn't that great? It really I love is that man. kind of chemistry. And, and I, we, you know, we don't have to say a word. Well, like, and, and y'all have been playing together now two, about two years. Weekly, yeah. yeah, yeah, for two years. Like the band just. Y- you do. You know what each other's going to do. Even with like Todd Cameron's band, like same thing with Cody and Chad. Like I can hear what they're going to do. Yeah. And it's so easy for me to follow and go into place and, and like play along with whatever. They, like we just, you know. Like yeah. You, you just, you, you learn each other's playing styles and the things you do. And everybody has their, their same little licks and, and leads and things that they'll, they'll do to, to like let you know, hey, I'm about to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean? Yeah, and I know we've discussed the difference between like the band cohesiveness and then like the Broadway fill-in thing. But like, you can't without having the band cohesiveness, you can't have moments like that. Oh yeah, where you go to do something and somebody's just there with you. Yeah, and like you can't do that when you don't know the guy at all, mm-hmm. never met him, and you're like, I'm gonna maybe I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, because you you have that moment of hesitation, like mm-hmm. especially on filling gigs. Like I've only yeah. had a handful of actual filling gigs because I again I've been very lucky and kind of f- fell into situations where they needed a permanent person. So I mm-hmm. actually got to know the people I play with very very well. Um, but like on the filling gigs, I do. I mean on on Kyle's gig even like that I played with him last Friday, which was unbelievably fun. Um, like I was even still like for the first little while, I was like, okay, I want to make sure they sound good. Like that's, yeah. that's my goal with the filling. Yeah. Gig. Like they have to sound good. I am not like a main stay here. I'm here to make them sound the best I can. Mm-hmm. And then we got into rise against. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to talk about that gig a little bit. Sure. Um, holy shit balls, dude. Like you, you thoroughly <laughs> surprised me in, 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 in all amazing ways. Um, and that that that's that's a lot because he already spoke very highly of your playing prior to that because well, we've shit, discussed you, you a couple of times yeah and just like how you've just kind but of like, like I I haven't I've I've seen you play I don't know a hundred times in the last year yeah. or so but it's been well over a year since I've got to play with you guys yeah. and play with you and not I mean. Again, you weren't bad back then, but like you've just gotten so much better and so much tighter and cleaner as a player, and also you're singing. Holy crap, bro! Like you, you're a great singer Dude, too. Thank you. Um, it it's not hard. It's not, it's not hard. It's not easy. It's hard to to play and sing at this like any instrument. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's it's hard to play and sing at the same time, and to do drums. Like and still have the same control and stay on tempo and I mean there was only I think I think it was like the third Rise Against song we did there was like one spot yeah where we all, all of us kind of like lost it but other than that like bro you were singing them songs and playing and it was 
fucking perfect. <laughs> I, I will say, I mean, I was so, I mean, I was, I was on a double that day too. Like we were all just like, oh, so exhausted. <laughs> it's my, it's savior. That's we, what was we, like 180. We, we yeah. were exhausted, but at the same time, man, I, and I said it on stage several times. I was so nervous about that show. Yeah. Because Steve and I didn't meet until he showed up. You right. Know, and I went literally 42 people. That's, that's how many people I went through. That's insane. I was I was reaching out to players that I knew didn't know the material, but yeah. I was just like, "Hey, need, can you play? I need I need a warm body. Here's, yeah, I need here's, you to hold this and stand set, here. <laughs> here's the set list. Can you get through it? Yep. You know, and a lot of guys are like, "Oh, I know half of it. Oh, I know seventy percent. I'm like. If you only know like seventy percent, we get a lot. We get a lot of requests though. that you're probably not going to know. I'm like, mm. yeah. And so, I, like, I had a few guys that were like kind of on standby, and then Steven said that he could do it, and I was like, here's the set list. He goes, oh, I know all that except for two songs. He goes, but well, I can learn them real quick. And I was like, well, I don't sing those two, so don't worry about it. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And then he showed up and just crushed it dude he knew freaking every ruled bro. oh my god so like i i was a nervous wreck i was texting um ryan Wallega, the, the booking agent and i was just like hey man like my guitar player called out at 4 30 like yeah ah, i'm scrambling i've texted x amount of people right now like i'm, I'm doing everything i can but i just want to let you know i don't have a guitar player right now yeah i'm not saying i'm not doing the show i'm just saying I don't have a guitar player right now. Yeah. And and just for context, like this is a show that you're the guy. You're yeah. fronting the show. Yeah, this you're is the my, guy. This is my band. Unlike some of the other shows that you've sort of fronted or where you're shift, like you're not bringing in somebody to be the front man. Yeah, you no, are I the am guy. I'm the front man. So yeah. it's all on your shoulders. Yeah. Whatever happens is your fault. Period. Yeah. Hard so stop. I've, <laughs> I was like panicking and I already like, it was one of those days. Like I woke up and like every little thing that could kind of go wrong was already going wrong that yeah. day, you know? And then when I got that text message and I was just like, okay, shit. And he was trying to help find people. He double booked himself and yeah, I, I, I get it. Shit happens. And, um, yeah. When Steven said he could do it and I was like, all right, man, like let's go. And like, I honestly was just like, this is going to be a shit show. This yeah. is just, it is what it is. Just do it, Kyle. Get through it, and then you have two weeks off from it, and before you go back, like, yep. just get through it. And fucking first two songs, I was like, "This band fucks." Like, <laughs> hell yeah, all is well. I yep. was like, "All right." And then when somebody screamed out "Rise Against," and you and Steven were just like, "Fuck yeah!" I was like. Let's go. Let's do this. So, so while we're talking about you fronting shows, we had a listener question today. Oh, okay. Um, they want to know how you go about shopping yourself or your band to a venue. Oh, man. When it comes so, to like Broadway style shows and stuff. So like my experience is totally different, though. I know, but I want you to kind of go through that because you've always just kind of been like thrown into the position where they're like, Kyle, put together a band. Yeah, so <laughs> what has happened with me is that I somehow became this guy that could put together bands last minute that would do well. Mm -hmm. And then I was also playing with a few bands like Todd Cameron that uh, were like a solid band and they were like, well, hey, you have this solid band, bring them in here for these shifts and then here's the shifts that they can't do, can you throw together a band? And 
I just became this guy that just I, at the it was at the Valentine and I like I think I brought in like seven or eight different bands mm-hmm. and two that were steady one of them being my shift and even on my shift I was a quote unquote co-front I didn't sing yeah. a whole lot at the time but enough to help out my main singer and of course my interaction with the crowd but you know I always had a main front person right um, so I never had to necessarily shop around. I was already that person that they were like, hey, we're in a pinch. This guy can put something together. Like, he'll put quality together. Yeah. And um, I, I don't, so, again, I, so with the snitch gig, how did you end up with that? It was the same kind of thing. Um, it was actually, it was Monty's gig. They had it and they stepped away from it. And um, Ryan hit me up and he was just like, hey, man. Um, can you put together a band for snitch tend to close? They want rock high energy, whatever you want to do. And I was like, cool. So like, I don't have to play country. And he was like, no, you just do whatever you want to do. And I was like, I think this is my chance to try to front a band. Nice. And so I found Anna. She was, she's my co-front. And then I got lucky enough to get Will Beeman, boom, mention right there. Yep. Um, Check that off your podcast bingo card. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I figured he'd come up at least once or twice. Oh, every yeah, episode. Every episode. That's amazing. And so I got Will Beeman, and I was like, all right, cool. Will sings. Now if I can just find a drummer that knows the tunes. And I went through a couple different drummers uh, for the first few shows, and neither of them were available for the next ones. And I was kind of like, okay, well, got to find another well, Sidebar, drummer. I would love for you to send me a set list. Yeah. Um, not because I want the gig, but because, like, if you need somebody, I want to be at least on the list. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's – and, 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 and this last week after – now, now that I've got Drew and Steven, my list now has changed quite – Drastically. Oh, I'm sure. Like I'm going, we're going a whole other direction now. I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, I'm pretty excited for this. Because that, that's been my it, thing with it, the yeah, rock thing, though, is because like I know I need to learn a lot more of the rock tunes, but I don't know which ones. Oh, I'll, I'll send you a list. Yes, <laughs> all of them. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It's just kind of like it's like same thing with the country ones. You're like, okay, I know like a few of them, but like what else? And it's just like, yeah, all of them. But yeah, yeah as far as like shopping around like for venues and stuff, um. I got lucky. They knew that I was that person that could throw together a band mm-hmm. in, in a pinch. And I never really let them down. And I've always drawn in a crowd somehow. Yeah. So, um, and see the only stories I've ever heard as far as like, especially Broadway is you get in through the purple building and then you end up subbing or filling in or setting so, in somewhere else. And then they talk to you about a gig. So yep. here, here is what I ha- have had to do for the people the bands that I brought in where it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not my band. I'm just, I'm just the side guy or I'm the bass player for that band. Um, they always want to see your socials. They, they want to see your social media. They okay. want to see what kind of following you have. They want to see how active you are and they want to see how many shows you're doing. Okay. Um, if you're not very active on social media and you're not doing a lot, they're not going to hire you. Um, they want people that are going to be promoting themselves because that also promotes their business. Because like, hey, sense. I'm playing at this venue. And see, I would I wouldn't have put nearly as much stock into that 
as thinking Broadway show versus any Do- other. Doesn't venue, matter. You're still you're still selling. That makes a lot of sense, I guess. You're still selling that business. Yeah. Our our job is to is to sell music and sell um, alcohol, yep. at least on Broadway. Yes. So and as far as as far as the places. Broadway thing goes, they want to see people that are active on social media. They want to see people that are promoting themselves and promoting their shows. And of course, they want to see that you have live video of you performing of your band okay. somewhere. Yeah. Um, if you've only got a couple thousand followers, get them numbers up. I hate to say that because I, I really do. I, I I hate having to do that, but it's one reason why like I push even like yesterday for this podcast, I was like pushing like, Hey, like we want to get more numbers up because mm. it helps us. Yeah. It, 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 at the end of the day, as much as people who aren't musicians look at this, at the end of the day, it's still a business. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. On, on every aspect, it's still a business. Yeah. You're selling so you're yourself. Still, yeah. Mm-hmm, you have to sell yourself. And I mean, that that that's the best thing I can say is if you're trying to shop around, like you need to be selling yourself and give them a reason to hire you. And since you have a music business degree, mm-hmm. do you have any fun details or add-ons to that? Um, on it, I mean, Kyle put it perfectly, but like the only other thing I'd add, like onto the social media thing, really is like having really good um, content. Like other than just your numbers and stuff, like because yeah, yeah. when, Con- when content, yeah, like when content. I when I like for instance, like I'm really into shoes, like I'm really into sneakers, like I'm wearing like some of my favorite sneakers right now, like but when I go to like someone's page who's like, oh, like this is how you like, you know, want to clean shoes or this is like how I like collect them and and flip them and like mm-hmm. and sell them for stuff. If my if the first thing I see is just like a picture of like you know. And this isn't a dig at whoever else, but like if 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 the first thing I see is isn't like oh like a um, a video about that or like in a, in a musician's case like if the first thing I see when I'm looking for like someone who apparently has a lot of drum education content isn't drum education content then I'm gonna be like oh okay and then I'm more likely to swipe away and then go somewhere else you know okay. like you want something that like really instantly draws people in and then. I mean, I'm no expert with that because, like, I've been really bad with Instagram and socials and everything, and I definitely plan to, like, kind of upheave that and, like, really, like, get go- get back going on that, But because, yeah, if you go to my Instagram right now, it's uh, it's just a couple various pictures, like, of me playing guitar, of me playing drums, of and then, like, we just now had a, a really nice photo shoot where I finally have good pictures of myself and what I look like now and, and not two years drummer, ago. That's hard to come back. It really is. I mean, like, right. I, I, I kind of thrive in the drum faces the department. The amount but- of photographers that I have met and have become friends with because of CMA Fest. Oh, yeah. If you need any photographers, I got a list, and they're <laughs> all fantastic. So here's, here's the problem. We need photographers to get those quality pictures, but we need photographers to work on a drummer budget. Yeah. And that's harder <sighs> to find. <laughs> yes. Man, here, here, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. Um. Ain't nothing for free anymore, and ain't no, nothing and, cheap. And I yep. firmly and believe that but, you should pay for art. Like but, if somebody's good if at something, you talk they to these guys. It. Like I, I have a guy that I've been working with, and he's asked to just come out and take pictures. He has never once asked for money or anything like that. I've paid for his parking, and I've given him money just out of because I feel like yeah. that's what I should because do. you he's should yeah his absolutely. Time up. We don't um, want to work for free. We don't want anybody yeah. else yeah. to work for free either. In but, theory, 
if you're good at something, you should never do it for but free. Again, exactly. this is this is what I was about to say is um, it's all about networking. Again, mm-hmm. it's all about networking. Those people came and took pictures of me. I didn't ask them to. They came and took pictures of me and then posted up and tagged me in it. And I reached out to them. I was like, hey, can I use these pictures? And I'll I'll tag you in it. And they're like, absolutely. And then just start having conversations. They want to know where you're playing and so forth. And just it's... <sighs> It's networking. It's Absolutely. all about networking. It's I wouldn't, all I would, about networking. I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't like for me knowing Logan from like, oh God, I think we met at like the Virgil Donati show that was at the end in 2018 or mm-hmm. something along that line. And then via the Rush tribute show that we did, like, yeah. cause I, I basically, I helped him a lot with that. I, I think because he had, <laughs> he had people call out and he's like, Hey, do you know these eight really obscure rush songs? And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> so, and that's how I ended up meeting him. And literally half of the people that I know on Broadway now, I met that night. I mean, that's every gig I've gotten is because I met somebody through something that was not me getting a gig yeah. that led to me getting Oh my a God. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a text message from uh, one of the bands that I've filled in with, mm-hmm. played with a few times, and it's a brisket sandwich from Bucky's. Oh, <laughs> son of a they bitch! They know you well. They they do, they do. People know me well. And now I'm hungry. Me too. <laughs> right. <laughs> But for a specific oh, sandwich from a specific place. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> exactly, dude. It's the it's that and the um the club melt. The club melt's the other really good one I like a lot. But I mean the briskets, the 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 mecca. But but man. So I'm not gonna lie. The the first one I had was only like a couple months ago. Yeah. And like I saw the price and I was like, fuck, that's kind of expensive. But I yeah. guess like this has become like a, a well, thing. Brisket. And then expensive. I got the fucking yeah. sandwich and there's so much meat. Mm-hmm. Like no, holy shit. You get shit what you balls. pay for. You get what you pay for over there. And then some. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, dude. You can you, you can you can go eat a what eight dollar brisket sandwich, and then go buy a really nice quality t shirt and or hoodie or or onesie for a very right? reasonable price. Yeah, their like, shirts are they're twenty bucks. Le- they're less than twenty dollars. The hoodies are less than forty bucks. Yep. Like, I still have yet to find one of them onesies. I'm gonna find it. Oh, you. <laughs> if anybody finds a Bucky's onesie extra large, yo, well, <laughs> send it to me because I've been to six stores and they don't have them. So it's a crime. I yeah, read I'm, the one I'm, in Clarksville is gonna be the biggest one yet. So maybe it'll be there. So they're gonna uh, buck around and by find the out. way. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Texas was like, uh, I hate the fact that Tennessee has the biggest Bucky's. Uh-huh. So now they're building one in Texas, apparently, that's going to be like twice the size. Jesus. Everything's bigger in what, Texas. What, do you, what else do you need to put in there? They're plenty big. Just going to make it bigger. Because they have going to have like 400 There's going to be a Bucky's fucking theme park soon. And I will spend my hard-earned money going to said theme park. <laughs> that's that's accurate. Everybody's accurate. like, you're not going to get a Bucky's tattoo. <laughs> yeah, did. Uh, this this podcast is not sponsored by Bucky's, but if they are interested, they can feel free to reach out. <laughs> yeah, it might as well be though. No free ads, but also free ads. <laughs> I mean, I'll do whatever for Bucky's, man. I, <laughs> I thought you were about to say I'll do anything for free. Says, and I was like, oh shit, okay. I, won't, I, know. I, won't, I won't do anything for free. There's a price for everything, buddy. There's a price for everything. <laughs> and it's probably cheaper than you think. So <laughs> I didn't say I was expensive. I just said there was a price. I, he's just saying, hey, you better pay me. That's all. 
I hear um, you can get a great breakfast from Kyle for a hundred bucks. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty dollars, I'll sing you any song you want, just about, and a uh, hundred bucks, I'll cook you breakfast in the morning. That's one of my <laughs> favorite ones to say. Oh my god, I like that one. That's a great one, dude. You have some of the best, like. <laughs> pre-drink things i've ever heard and i've i've stolen just about all of them. I mean, i've stolen everything yeah, i do they're too not the but same like, ones everybody else yeah. stole. So. <laughs> I, I i i try to make mine more mine i have gone and sought out a few different ones that like people don't say on broadway but for the most part i've i've pretty much have stolen them from people oh yeah um it's just how you deliver it absolutely um you know i i like making people laugh on stage and you know, we're there for you know four hours, and if if I can get somebody to stay that whole four hours, that's amazing. That's and a win. If I can get them to forget about everything that's going on in their life for four hours and just be present and enjoy the show and laugh and smile and have a good time and sing along, my job's done. Like that's that's what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. So I think that's just music in general. That's not just Broadway. That's any show. Yeah, yeah. any you know, show, any anywhere. Show. Yeah any show but the fact that like some of these people will stay for the whole four hours really, it's incredible yeah like it, it blows my mind i never thought even last friday we had a group that stayed for like three hours oh yeah i was like wow and the encouragement holy <laughs> shit yeah man dude there were so many songs that i was just gonna say no to and they were like you got this uh, dude yeah like, when do you ever get that like people like like there's there's other people who are like hey it's you morgan Wallen. you you can do it we do you don't know this like deep cut song but you can do it no these people were like no and dude, when like, I, whatever like, song it was that i like dropped out like i was i just lost the lyrics they started singing and i was like I love you guys. Yeah, it's like, insane. Got yeah. me right back on track. It was it was phenomenal. Oh, I just saw a clip. Well, who's the artist that has the really bad stutter? Louis Capaldi. Yes. Yeah. Did you see that clip? I did. Dude, Dude. Louis Capaldi is one of my favorite people on the planet. I love that man so much. So, for context, he's singing his song, and he's got, like, Tourette's or yeah, something, Yeah, he right? re- recently diagnosed Tourette's, and he just, like... And it- it he took goes over. into yeah. a fit and he couldn't sing the song mm-hmm. and the entire crowd sang it for I, him. I saw I yeah. saw that on TikTok yesterday. The fucking yep. the ah oh, tears, Dude, man. I got emotional. I, I don't cry a lot. Amazing. I got emotional with that. Yeah. I love people sometimes. Yes, yeah, dude. Yeah, when, when I'm on stage, I love people. When I'm off stage, they can it's go. Questionable. Away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's questionable. It's questionable at that point. So not only do you play drums, you also play guitar as well. A little bit, yeah. Because I, I, I have, I do creep on all my friends' pages, and I definitely have seen your, your videos of you playing guitar. And I was like, yo, motherfucker plays guitar. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> by a little bit, what do you mean? Because I say I play guitar, but I know, like, basic chords. Sure, and, like, yeah. some, like, catchy little licks and whatnot, but that's about it. Yeah, so, so it started when I was, about my sophomore year of college, seriously, because I, my first i guess this is a good segue into like how i got into music in the first place but i originally started on guitar i had one of the cheap squire strats that my dad my mom and dad got me mm-hmm. i had and, one of those fantastic yeah, I, guitar. I think Honestly, about yeah. everybody who <laughs> yeah. started that was pretty much all oh dude i was black and white and i thought i was eric clapton oh dude i uh, <laughs> see i as soon as i learned who eric clapton was and i had the red strat instead of the black one i was like fuck <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. but, um but i did i did get the pack with the little amps so mm-hmm. like i started you know i started taking lessons and you know my my dad especially like he was like the world's biggest rush fan um and my first experience ever seeing a drum kit was his drum kit and i'm talking to bobby you'll understand like 
three roto toms, three rack toms, two floor toms, two kick drums, one snare, cymbals everywhere. That mm-hmm. was my first drum kit. So naturally, I dropped the Squire very quickly and was like, I want to do that. I I'm gonna hit all this shit. Exactly. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. <laughs> I think I know what I want to do. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my, my first experiences, for the most part, um, were my dad kind of giving me the basics of like drumming, and but after a while, I I heard moving pictures for the first time and Tom Sawyer, and I was like okay but how do i do that like i i like who is that what do i do and he's like oh that's neil pert like probably one of the greatest drummers ever if not the best and i was like okay i want to do that so i just sat there and learned rush songs and nice. it took me a long time like from the it was probably like around 10 or 11 that this happened it took me a long ass time it took me a few years but i eventually started getting them down um and that was coupled with me joining the school of rock and if anyone doesn't know what School of Rock is, School of Rock is basically a, I'll call it an after-school program for kids to go and take lessons on their respective instrument, but also if your parents enroll you, you can do the performance program and you actually put on cover shows, like kind of like what we do on Broadway, basically, mm-hmm. um, but they'll each have a theme, like we'll have a Foo Fighters show, we'll have a Metallica show, a Beatles show, a, and sometimes they'll do like grunge shows where they'll do like Soundgarden versus Pearl Jam or like fun, fun stuff nice. like that. So I played uh, a Tin Roof, actually, I don't, I don't remember where it was, maybe Cincinnati? I don't remember which tin roof it was, but the school or one of the school of rock bands opened up for us. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah, actually, cool. they, they were they were really good, but it, they were uh, they were it was a uh, Beatles themed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so it was just like you know, like very happy. Uh, so but. and and you mentioned that you teach. Or I did. Taught. I did for a while, and I, I still like to honestly. But um, but to cap that all off though like actually funny enough what kyle just said um if you were in like the house band you got to go do some pretty cool stuff and i was i was lucky enough to be in that for a long time like since i was like 14 and i was just drumming i wasn't drumming and singing really that much like that was a very recent thing i still don't quite know how it's happening but anyway um the we actually ended up opening up for Ario Speedwagon, um, Don Felder from the Eagles, <laughs> like like some really big names. Like and like I remember um, one. Of, I forget which Jonas brother was like backstage with us one time. I had no idea who it was, but I right. And someone told me it was like I was like, hey, that was that was Joe Jonas. I was like, wait, are you serious? Oh my god! Like I was sixteen. I was like, oh, screw the Jonas Brothers. My sister likes them, but uh, I know that name. Now. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, but that's. I kept doing drums forever and ever and ever. And to finally circle back to the guitar thing. Um, uh, so basically I saw uh, a YouTube video of this guy, Pliny. I don't know if you guys know who Pliny is. He is a Australian guitar virtuoso who is just, he's one of the most musically gifted people I've ever seen in my life. He just knows how to make some really cool shit. It's all instrumental and it's very up my alley. It's very, very progressive, but it's more, it's way more melodic than most, people in that vein right okay. uh, but he played this really weird looking guitar it's a Strandberg guitar and they're there with the headless brand they're a little smaller they're like the ergonomic design if you want to look them up they're really really interesting they're, they are really interesting yeah cool I, so as soon as i as soon as i saw that i was like damn i kind of want to pick up guitar again like it, it, it just the inspiration like flooded into mm-hmm. me i was like oh my god i really want to play guitar again all of a sudden so i had my little PRS SE that I ended up getting probably when I was like 15 or 16 that I barely touched, but I luckily not brought it with me to school just to have just cause. Um, 
and I just started practicing and practicing again because um, I couldn't play drums too much in my dorm right. um, because it was basically an apartment building <laughs> and it was all like terribly stone walls and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but I just started practicing that and intervals and intervals, the band, not intervals theory. I'm still working on that part, but, uh, <laughs> but um, no, if you don't know who intervals is like, they're actually very, very cool. But a lot of like the, the prog stuff and like the, the stuff that a lot of like people nowadays are really into because I was like, <laughs> you like that intervals joke? <laughs> he said, wait, that sounds too professional. Back up. <laughs> no, I, I can, no, seriously, I cannot give myself too much credit. I just know songs I like and, it until very recently like i wasn't taking it too seriously and like learning theory and like actually you know making my own music like i and i eventually six months ago traded in a bunch of my gear and i finally after six years got that strandberg guitar that i saw plenty play all those years ago so nice. i now i'm like oh my god i finally have like have the thing i've wanted forever so nice yeah i'm very insanely happy about it so, so i just really he is definitely the guy that's like man i can get you through the show i don't know all the songs 100 percent, and then shows up and knows them note for note and completely <laughs> destroys basically yeah <laughs> Uh, that's, that's <laughs> it's hundred percent this guy. I mean, I I knew when I hired him for my gig. Like, I already knew. I've, I've played with him. He knows the rock stuff, so I was like, okay, he he knows. Like, he he can get through it. He knew everything and more. And there was like, oh yeah, I can sing this song. I was like, sweet, because I don't know. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I I want like yeah, it's my show, and I'm gonna front. And I'm gonna sing the majority of it. I even told Anna the other day. I was like after that show I was like I'm so sorry because we always get songs that we get requests they're like we sing and they're not for you and I when I notice like we go two or three songs and she hasn't done with I'm like oh yeah hey you sing some yeah. fucking songs mm -hmm. like you're here too you don't play an instrument sing and she was like no honestly I'm just like happy to be up here and just like listen to an awesome rock band I'm yeah like, alright cool and she's like she's like this is like super chill for me I'm like alright cause but yeah like there's stuff like I now I've been going over it since we played it because there's going to be a show or two he's not going to be available for, and I just want to learn it. But I was like, okay, I'm going to learn Offspring and Rise Against and all that stuff to make sure that I can sing it. But had he not been there, oh, we wouldn't have been able to do Rise Against. Like I don't know that I would have trusted another drummer to do these songs. <laughs> right. and not, I definitely wouldn't have trusted myself to sing it. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah, he he came in and just fucking crushed it. So when did you get into singing? You, you just said yeah, that, that was kind yeah, of a more recent thing. It's, it's new for me too. I yeah. didn't start the first time I ever sang on stage was New Year's Eve. 2020. Oh my god, <laughs> New Year's Eve, twenty twenty. Yeah, um, my singer had. She's like, I gotta go use the bathroom, and um, she was like, Do you sing some songs? And I was like, No. Not really, no. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I just said no. I was like, I just do harmonies and, and backup and banter. And she was like, oh, well, neither one of them sing. Because I, I was just like filling in with this band, yeah. with Angel Edwards. But the two guys. Angel. And I played with her hard. before. So like mm -hmm. going on to the gig, I was like, oh, she has another singer. I don't have to worry about it. Well, these were two guys that I never played with. And neither yeah. one of them sang at all. They didn't even have microphones. And I was oh, like, man. oh, man shit pressure's so, on now buddy yeah so gotta sing a song yeah so i did uh what was it shallow i started that oh one. wow and then um like of course like we did it together and then i did all the small things nice but yeah so yeah when did you start singing oh gosh um i think the first time that i knew i at least had a sense of tone and how to sing decently was eighth grade because 
or sorry, seventh grade, because we had the school plays in my middle school. It was <laughs> it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, nice. and I somehow got the role of the Pharaoh, but the Pharaoh was Elvis. So I don't know if anyone knows anything about that play, but like, I do not. If you, if you, I'm not familiar with this, at I all. went to a Catholic school. Naturally, it was a Catholic, you know, sort of play. It's like, like it's Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's like the the big playwright. But uh, it was it was really really fun. And I realized I'm like, oh my god, I can kind of sing a little bit. Like, and then the, we, the next year we did High School Musical. I ended up getting a solo part in that play. Um, and uh, that was kind of where I knew I could sing. And then even throughout my school rock career. Um, I would get up and like sing certain songs like I remember like my, I think my earliest memory of like singing front person and like singing lead was a um, uh, Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls nice um, I love my, the Goo Goo Dolls yeah me too man dude the Goo Goo Dolls were one of the first bands I saw in concert actually my nice. parents loved that actually <laughs> my first concert that I I think this was my first concert I think it was like six or seven years old um, my parents took me <laughs> in order of appearance in 2006, so like in their prime, Nickelback, All American Rejects, Bon Jovi at Giant Stadium, nice. and that was a killer show because All American Rejects came out with Move Along that that last year. Nickelback, so that's, had, that's when they were like super blown. Exactly, up. yeah. And Nickelback had just come out with All the Right Reasons, so Animals, Photograph, of Rockstar, all the big, all the big ones had just come out. So they were playing all that cool shit, and then Bon Jovi came on, and I was just like. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. But, like, the first two bands, I was like, that was bon freaking Jovi's sick. Right. Like, yeah, no, Bon Jovi's cool as hell. I mean, I'm a Jersey kid. I have to like Bon Jovi. But, um, but the Goo Goo Dolls were one of the ones after. I remember I was like, we were a few rows back, and my parents had me on their shoulder. And I'll always love the Goo Goo Dolls because of this. Johnny Resnick, the lead singer, apparently pointed to me and told the security guard, hey, pull that kid to the front. And he, like, literally the guy, like, ended up giving me his guitar pick, his set list, like, everything after the show. And I was like, that's the coolest shit anyone's ever nice. done. Like, like. That's pretty awesome. That, yeah, it was, because that's, I had, I was so lucky to have so many good and wholesome musical experiences when I was so young before I even knew I wanted to do music. Like, that I think it just always put me in a good headspace like when i went that's about why it. we focus on the kids because you yep. make the next freaking star exactly <laughs> See, I, was, I was raised in the punk scene it was way different yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah man and it's like it's so important because like every time especially with, with me having taught so much like and like having a good connection with kids and you know be and being that kid at one point like being taught and like being taught like how to make music not just play drums like mm. that was um, my first drum teacher was a guy named Dante Cimino and who worked at the school of rock. And like, he would always sit me down. I would always like, I think we were rehearsing for a Metallica show and we were rehearsing, um, hit the lights, like with the, the opening track off of kill them all. And I was flying through it. I was like 20, 30 clicks way too fast. But like, I was like metal. Yeah, let's go. Like, I was so excited. <laughs> like, um, and, but he's like, dude, he's like, listen to the song and then listen to how you play because he recorded me and his i'm like oh my god am i really playing that fast like and i i still to this day man i'll speed up like a little bit like because i just get so happy do you use mm -hmm. a yeah. bpm monitor um i do sometimes um if they have an info an extra I info bobby start doing it really so yeah. i use live bpm really like, now i do it constantly yeah um and the amount of compliments that I have gotten on my time. Really? Where people are like, dude, your time wasn't bad, but like you're on now. Yeah. 
And it's just because when I feel myself getting excited, I yeah. can look over and make sure I'm not doing it right. too much. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can check I, it. I have a question for you because I yes. told you to, I, I noticed you got uh, a mount so you yes. can have it more in front of you. Has that helped? I feel like my engagement's better. Um, I can definitely see the band better. So I feel like I'm catching cues and like catching little things a little bit better. And then I don't know if like I'm still focused on it too much and not paying attention to the crowd, but I feel like that's a lot better. It's well, a lot more comfortable. I, I've noticed that you, I mean, you're definitely more forward because yeah. a, mm-hmm. a lot of times when I would look over at you prior to you having it in front of you, you were looking to mm-hmm. the left. So if I needed to get your attention or something, like I was always like having to wait till you turned back. Yeah. So it, I think it's helped. I at least mounting it. For the, you. The, I, d- I like the placement better. I don't know if it fixed the entertainment value issue. I still feel like I used to play more entertaining yeah. and less accurate. And now that I'm fixing the accuracy, I'm losing the entertainment. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll, it'll come back. It'll, it'll all come back. It should, especially because, I mean, I'm, I mean, Kyle can tell you, like, I am definitely more for, like, putting on a show and, like, that sort of thing. Uh, that, same. That being said, though, like, I mean, I, uh, all the music I listen to nowadays, like, every single person I've heard either talk on a podcast or talk in an interview, like, they're like, yeah, like, ever since we started playing to a click, man, like, everything's felt so good. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. Metallica, again, Lars just started playing to a click, and now their shows are tight as hell. Mm-hmm. Like, and that, that was the whole thing with the, the meme with Lars, is like, Lars can't, like, he doesn't have it anymore. And I'm like, honestly, like, all, all they needed was a click. Look at them now. Like, yeah. it's crazy how tight they are now. Mm-hmm. So, as a drummer, yeah. I'm sure you have seen the huge argument between click versus no click. Mm-hmm. And music should be able to breathe, and it should be alive, and it should sure. fluctuate, or should it be solid and accurate? Mm-hmm. How do you approach the mentality? I was hoping you'd ask this question. Um, <laughs> so When he's done with that, I have some stuff to throw in here, too. So Cool. Yes, awesome. So, my personal viewpoint... Most of the time, if you're playing a live show, especially with cover shows that mm-hmm. we're doing on Broadway, I think it, you should put on a better show. That's to, that's always been my personal belief. That being said, if you can't bob your head or dance to what's going on, like it, like if, if I showed up like when I was 12 and played that Metallica song to these people, like if they wanted to headbang, they'd be headbanging like way too fast and I was all over the place. I was slowing down in fills and all mm-hmm. that stuff. If you can't bob your head, like, or dance to it, like, let's face it, as, as drummers, you and I, oh, Bobby, yeah. like, our job is to keep a groove, like, for people to tap their foot, bob their head, et cetera, yep. right? So, if they can't do that, no matter what tempo it is, then, you know, it's it's just not going to work, right? right. So, I, I, it's, it's, I'm somewhere in the middle, mm-hmm. because I, 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 with the music that I want to create... I obviously probably am going to have to play to a click more yes. than likely, right? So, because especially with like you know like the you know uh, I'm I'm very into like the ba- the new band Sleep Token, right? Okay. Like like they they hundred percent play to a click because they have backing tracks, right? Mm-hmm. If you're in a situation where you have those backing tracks, or like uh, I like I played a, a show with Will um, about a month or so ago, and he had the tracks for like Lying from You by by Lincoln Park, and I was like, okay, I actually have to remember how to play to a click because I haven't played to a click in like two and a half years. Yeah. So like it was it was stuff like that where you have to be able to kind of go between the two of them because someone like you might get a gig. Um, especially like road gigs. Like I was talking to Brian Russell Collins. Like he was like, I was, I asked him like, do you play to a click? 
um, with your with your road gig. He's like, dude, like all the time. And he actually almost got me that road gig, but he didn't end up needing anybody, I don't think. Um, but he's like, yeah, dude, just like make sure you can play to a click. So I was practicing to a click, like just on my pad, like mm-hmm. just just to make sure. I was like, hey, like I can lock in, and I and I can. Like I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it, but. But that that is the same. thing, though. If you yeah. haven't done it for a minute, like that mm-hmm. that first song back in, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah now, now I got you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when I when Will hit the first track, or I hit the first track, and then we started playing it with Will. I was like, oh boy, wow! I was I playing that fast? Holy crap! And mm. then, sure enough, I go listen to it later. I'm like, man, it is that slow. Like, I I, I couldn't believe it. Like, is my brain's always like I Most said earlier? Most of the stuff yeah. that yep. we play is much slower than we realize. Oh yeah, hundred oh, percent. Um, yeah. all the small things by Blink One Eighty Two slow is so much slower than everyone play. Mm-hmm. I'm guilty of it too. Like we play yeah. it fast. So my take on that with the the whole click thing is. If you're running a show and you have a set list, mm-hmm. whether you have backing tracks or not, if you're running a show and you have a set list, and you know exactly what you're playing. Clicks are great, and you can still put on a show because mm-hmm. you don't. Have to, and most bands will tell you this: most bands play their songs three to five BPM, maybe even a little faster than mm-hmm. the records. Sure, just because you want to bring the energy up a little. Yeah. Bit. But they'll still run to a cl- to click tracks. Yeah. Um, now, if you're doing something like Broadway, where it's just a free for all of songs, and you you don't know when you're going to play what, yeah. Like, trying to run a click at that point is is dumb. It's a nightmare. You're like, okay, yeah. yeah. How many BPMs do I need to set this to? Like, it, you're taking up more time, right. Than you need to instead of just calling the song and playing it. Um, I've played several shows. And I've actually even played one recently um, with Scotty Mac Band. They don't take requests. We played Old Red. Really? They don't take requests. They have a set list. They have backing tracks and clicks to every set list. They have cues. They have cues into solos, starting songs, ending songs. Some have cues into verses and choruses. Like, that was so nice for me mm-hmm. because I no longer at that point had like I know all the songs. I know the songs are in the back of my hand. I don't mm-hmm. have to think about how to play the song. At that point, I didn't even think about what I needed to do. It right. told me what to do. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, cool. Like I never got lost. Yeah. And I just focused on performing. Yeah. And we put on a great show, a very high energy, fun show using a click track. Yeah, and then go, again, I used before I did Broadway, I toured for years, and a lot of the artists backing tracks and click tracks, hundred percent, mm-hmm. yeah, and same thing. They sped them up just a little bit, and we had the energy, and it, it was all there. So it's it's all about how it's set up. If you've got a set list and you and you're following that to a T, and you know what you're doing, and drummers just got to hit a button, yeah, and you go into it, awesome. Yeah, but if you're trying to like scramble and do it on Broadway, yeah, and I've played with a few drummers that do that, and I won't hire them because of that because yeah. it takes too much time. It does. And that's 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 just for me personally for my shows. Yeah, I if if it's like my show that I'm fronting and you run a click track, I'm just not going to hire you because I want to go right into the song. Yeah, I don't like dead space. I don't like people having. It's one thing if it's like a request that we all like. Okay, yeah. We gotta look this one up. We don't know sure. this one. Yeah, yeah. But but to do it every part, song to set a click. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to go right that. into the song. What's, yeah. a, what's what's a good tempo? 
okay, that sounds good. Let's yep, roll. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? and, and then you get through the intro and you're like, no, it's not. Slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I've, I've done that quite a few times. Oh, you're telling Man. me. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez. There was actually there was one we did the other night that I was like, oh, this is fast. <laughs> but we rolled with it. I mean, it, it all depends. And I mean, all really. of it makes perfect sense. But like in the drum community, there's almost like there, there's the two schools of thought. And like if you're if you're not on the click side, it's almost like, oh, you use a click. Well, you must suck. So <laughs> and it's for, like, yeah. for those of y'all that listen and you don't know what a click is, a click is just a metronome. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's all it is. So I, I wanted to like throw that out there. <laughs> that's fair. But what everybody should do. And I'm even guilty of this. I don't do it all the time, but when I'm not learning a song, if I'm just like running scales or something, mm-hmm. I'll turn on a metronome yes. and play to that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody should definitely do that as much as you can because there's going to be a situation where you're going to be thrown into the fire to play with a band that uses a click. And if you're not used to hearing that and like mm-hmm. used to it, it will throw you off. Oh, I, I had that. I had that same experience. I did uh I recorded a song with a guy and he'd never sang to a click. He played guitar and sang and it didn't matter what we set the note value to. I, we started with quarter notes. It mm-hmm. kept throwing him off. We put it on eighth notes cause that's what I was playing on the hat. Right. And it still threw him off. I'm like, dude, it's the same as my hat. He couldn't get it. Wow. So I ended up having the click in my ears Yeah. and everybody else didn't. Yeah. And that was hell. I I'm sure all yeah. of that dude I, it, that's the thing man like being a professional musician nowadays like mm-hmm. it, honestly I don't know a single like I know like a handful of bands that I can think of off the top of my head that don't use a click and those I can count those on my hand mm-hmm. like <laughs> everyone like oh, actually yeah. a great example I meant to ask you yeah um do you listen to the downbeat with Craig Reynolds? I do not. Okay, you totally should because it is the best podcast. Like it's it used to be just a drummer podcast. Actually, that's what this footy is. Oh, okay. Um this logo like the pentagram stick logo. Um but I was going to ask about that. Yeah, so that, that's what yet. that says. Actually <laughs> <laughs> Actually Kyle, you appreciate this. You know the old Blink-182 joke that Mark Hoppus made one time is like the worst part about having to get anything done at a tattoo shop is taking off your Blink-182 hoodie to reveal your Blink-182 t-shirt yeah. to, that will then reveal your Blink-182 tattoo. That is me with the downbeat. Because <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, it's such, he designs it to like be worn on stage and like to sweat in a little bit to like work out and do whatever. And um, but at the same time, it's just great streetwear. Mm-hmm. And literally, I know it's ninety five degrees outside, but I saw I saw the vet next to me. I'm like sick. I am wearing this hoodie because I need to wear it. Because if I don't wear it now, I won't get to wear it till like September. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, you'll get but, to see the hoodie on the uh, on on the post yes. on Instagram whenever I post it up. Because I'll be taking pictures here. Sick. But um, but no, but. What Craig does, he plays for a band called Straight From The Path. Okay. Uh, they're like, I, I told Kyle about it before. They're like, they're basically heavier rage, like okay. heavier rage against the machine. Um, but what he did, they didn't play to a click for the longest time. Um, and he's really, he's really tight. Like he's a really good drummer. Um, but at the same time, what they ended up doing, because they would naturally play faster. They're like a, re- they're, they're a heavy band. Like there's mosh pits, there's stage diving, there's every, yeah. everything going on. So um, what they ended up doing, because they'd speed up a little bit, Craig recorded himself into Logic um, and was like, okay, what tempo am I playing at? He would change the note value. And there was a song at like 160 that he ended up playing at like 195. Oh, damn. Um, but again, that kind it kind of called for it. So what they ended up doing was instead of doing the click value at what the record was, mm-hmm. they actually do the click at 180 live. And it's really interesting because 
when I'm listening or when I watch the video of what he was talking about, I can't tell the difference. Like, mm-hmm. because it, it's, yeah, 15 BPM is, you know, not like, you know, that big a difference, but like, it can feel like it depending on oh, the yeah. song. Oh, yeah. So it's really, in- I like that idea. Like, he saw, like, okay, this is how we play it live every time. Um, and he, fl- and sure, he fluctuates a little bit, so the entire band does. But, you know, now that he kind of reworked their whole live set, now that the clicks are all different, when he hears it, he's like, okay, I actually have to play that fast. Like, it's he, he tricked his brain, basically. Yeah. And it's, re- it's really interesting, like, thought experiment, like, tricking your brain and then realizing, oh, I am on the beat. So piggybacking off of tricking your brain, yeah. um, I taught drumline for a couple years. Oh, cool. And one of the tricks that I would use if we were playing, especially like a faster mm-hmm. song, is that I would make them play it a good 15, 20 clicks fast. Mm-hmm. And then come down yep. to the tempo, and then all of a sudden it's easy. When I when I was in drumline, I, I did drumline all throughout high school, and I was at Immaculata High School. Shout out, um, shout out Dan Bottom and all those guys over there. They literally, I would not be the drummer I am without those guys. Nice. And admittedly, Same. I was not the biggest fan of marching band. I, I like I, and it's nothing against marching band at all. Like it's a great thing. It is a great way to make friends. It is like if you are listening and you're considering doing drumline. Um, as a kid in high school or in college, do it. It is a unbelievably good experience because yes. it will make you a better musician and a better person, 100% guaranteed. But I will say this too, what they did over there like with rudiments and like really hon- honing in and Mac, um, the high school I went to, I was lucky enough, it was nationally recognized. We actually won a national championship while I was there, which was wild. Like nice. like my freshman year, I was on bass drum one. <laughs> like, nice. but, um, but I ended up doing snare line for the rest of the time I was there. My and freshman year, I had bass drum two because nice. I could actually count. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need all downbeats. Yep, you, you, you understand. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's marching band. Literally, like it, it took me to the next level that I, I was struggling because I didn't know what to do next with drumming at like mm-hmm. fifteen, and I was like, "Oh, I get it now!" Like everything just clicked. Mm-hmm. So 100%. It, it, it unlocks your hands. A hundred percent. Yeah. And Kyle's over here, like I play bass. <laughs> no, uh, my my cousin uh, was in drumline, and I so in high school, him and I were in a band together. Actually, all the way from basically sophomore year till i was like till i moved here till i was 25 yeah we were in a band together and i he was my best friend we were together all the time and he was in drumline he was like the biggest drumline nerd i've ever <laughs> met in my nice. life yeah so i'm 100 percent following you guys like i i completely understand what's going on in this conversation yeah no and that's the thing like <laughs> even though I, ignorant to it no <laughs> even though i wasn't the biggest fan of it either like it's literally just because i was so i just wanted to play drum set like that's mm-hmm. that that's the thing but i knew in my heart of hearts that like it would make me better mm-hmm. so i pushed myself through it like and like and even though like you know <laughs> admittedly there was a part of me that really wanted to play sports i'm a really big sports nerd too like i would i actually asked my parents one night and i was like hey i kind of want to drop a marching band and play football they're like hell no <laughs> so um so you're just, glad you did oh god i'm really glad i didn't but um, i'm glad i quit sports man yeah i'm, I'm so glad i did i was yeah. never interested like martial arts has been the only I, sport I wasn't either i was i was, I was, I was forced to, i was forced to play sports I really was. I was forced to play sports. My Texas parents, boy. My parents let me do martial arts and race BMX, but also you like, raced BMX. Yeah, I did. That's sick. And also, they were like, 
hey, um, you're playing sports, you're playing football, you're playing baseball. Damn. I didn't have to do soccer. My dad wanted me to do basketball. He's like, you're tall. You'll do great. And I was like, my (laughs) coordination sucks. Dog, I I was always the tallest kid in my class, like no matter what. And I was not not forced to play basketball, but like highly encouraged. And my two best friends, Pete and John Henry, they remember this very well. The only basket I ever scored in middle school basketball was on the opponent's net. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> I swear to God. Yep. That was, this is why we chose bands. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I somebody asked me in like eighth or ninth, I think it was eighth grade, they were like, why do you like playing football? And I was like, because I get to hit people and not get in trouble. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. That, right. I, I didn't care about anything else playing football. <laughs> I was a big, I was a big kid and I was able to just run people over and that's what I did. Yep. Exactly. Other than that, like I hated practicing. I hated being yelled at by the coaches. Like then the Texas heat, of course, did not oh, help God. whatsoever. Yeah. So like I I hated imagine? sports. Man. Oh dude, like I, I <laughs> the funniest part about being in band too, like and being surrounded by people like you know like with like-minded musicians is i actually i kind of found a niche with my buddy chris and danny and our friends christian and andrew and all these other people that we all loved football so what we would do um because the marching band building in our high school was right outside the football field because we Mm. would practice on the football field yeah Um, uh, naturally yeah of course so we would go out there before band practices and literally play full tackle football before practice and then when the when the marching band um instructors got wind of this they're like what the fuck are you doing like you guys are gonna get hurt and of course i'm over here like i'm probably six one six too like like 220 pounds like, like, nah, like clotheslining these poor fucking freshman kids and i they still might. to this day feel bad but like they didn't care they got right back up i was like okay yeah Kid sure yeah. but yeah, we were kids yeah exactly we yeah. were kids then we just bounced back up we're like all right i'm good now i get knocked over and i'm like going to the hospital <laughs> dude i stubbed my toe and it hurts for a month um, <laughs> i got glass bones and so paper skin i, I want to backtrack a little bit sorry yeah we got very yeah, off topic we, we did but it's, it's okay we do that quite often on this podcast <laughs> but um going back to the singing when did you start singing on broadway oh boy um that's a good question because obviously, like, you, you've been singing since you were a kid. And yeah. I, I sang when I was younger. Like, the first two bands I was in, I was one of the main singers. Like, yeah. I, not that I was – I was definitely not good back then at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I'm good now. But definitely was not good back then. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I from – I, after those bands, like I never sang again till Broadway. So, yeah. So when did you start singing on Broadway? So that I believe was I think we were playing Lucky Bastards main stage on like a ten to two or a two to six or something. Um, I think someone called Fat Bottom Girls and Monty was off stage. I think they they paid us a decent amount of money mm-hmm. to do so, and I was like, okay, I kind of want to play this now. And I had a, I happened to have a mic near me just to have one. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll sing it. They all looked at me like, what? Like Andy and Logan, they're like, you got it? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, sure. And I ended up doing okay, I think. And like, and so basically someone, I think my, my parents were in town at the time and they tipped me. They're like, do another one. Like, I was like, okay, uh, what else can I attempt to sing? I think I picked all the small things, something simple. Like, um, it's just evolved ever since. Like, I, and now like... 
I, f- I almost feel bad because anytime I'm off of a show, which isn't terribly common, but anytime I am off of a show, trying to find a drummer who sings that much because I've become such mm-hmm. an integral part of the show along with Nathan, our keyboard player, and Monty. Like, is, like, is Monty like... Well, yeah, every time you can't make yeah. a show, Monty hits me up. She's like, do you know any singing drummers that know my stuff? <laughs> and it's there's maybe two or three that at least I know of, but yeah. like... And, and it's it's hard to find because most of the time they're booked already. So, but yeah, if you're a singing drummer in this town, you're gonna get booked quick. Yes, you are. Seriously, just I, I did. keep rubbing it in. <laughs> just trying to make you sing is all, dude. I'm trying. I just suck at it so bad. No, you I don't. I've I, never even heard you. Sing. I do too, and uh, I front my own show. So here, here's, here's the th- here's the thing. If you have a musical bone in your body, you can hold the tune. That's that's kind of the way I look. Because like I've been asked, like, how did you learn to do it? I'm like, I, I didn't really learn. Like, it it took a little practice, of course. But like, after a while, it's oh yeah, it, it's, I, I didn't did, just get yeah. up on stage and like start singing. Like, I yeah. sat in this studio and would sing the same song over and over and yeah. over, just to where I was comfortable enough. Where I was like, I think I can get through this. Absolutely, yeah, and and that's. I think I owe it a lot to the music I listen to because a lot of it is progressive and a lot of it has polyrhythms and things going on top of one another. Mm-hmm. So the the way I learned stuff, like especially like I was really in dream, the Dream Theater when I was a kid, and like a lot, a lot of Mike Portnoy's playing and Mike Mangini's playing, the new drummer is very polyrhythmic. And like what they would do to to practice is actually sing along to these songs because a lot of the rhythmic stuff going on with the melody is very complex so that's the way i would learn i'd be like okay this next part coming up here with this vocal line i have to switch from seven to eleven eight right so i I think a lot of that came along and i was like "Ooh, okay like i my brain knows how to talk while i'm doing something that might be considered complex see see, that idea i'm pretty good at because i sing along with the song sure i'm playing all the time yeah and then I try to sing, and I'm like, oh, that's that's really off. And I yeah. don't know how to, like, get it not so off. So I just... Man, I'm, I'm telling you, just reach out to, like, Chelsea I need or Coco. It just... They'll, dude, they'll give you some tips that they've done I it know. for me. Like, just either, either one of them. I, just, I feel bad there, asking and people for favors like that. Just... It's even not, if it's no, something not, simple, not like, even shoot favors. me a YouTube <laughs> video yeah, of somebody you know, explaining asking, it. Dude, again... We're all in this together. It's not like you don't know them. We've interviewed them. We've talked to them. It's oh, the I networking know. thing. Just, just be like, hey, look, like, what, what advice do you have to help me to start singing? Like, what, what do I need to do? I mean, externally, I know that they would not mind helping, but internally, you know, the fine. insecure I, Bobby's like, no, they all hate you. I know, You're Coco, a burden. I know Coco and Shane listen to these, so we'll probably get a message but i'm gonna i'm gonna hit them up for you be like yo bobby <laughs> bobby needs help he wants to he wants to start singing where can we start yeah no honestly dude i i really do think if like the whole like singing along while you play mm-hmm. any this goes for any musician sing along to the songs that you're playing mm-hmm. don't yep. just sit there like like actually physically learn, do it like mouth it mouth it like yeah learn yeah. the lyrics yep because if S- Learn the lyrics. And honestly, that, and going back to like me and Andy like messing with each other and like doing crazy unison stuff that like we don't even have planned, we a lot of the times do it to the lyrics that either mm-hmm. Monty or Nathan, whoever, is singing. Or even sometimes when I'm doing it, I'll like throw stuff in that accents the vocals or I'll drop out and like accent a certain thing. And obviously we have the chemistry to do that on the fly, but still, like it's if you know the if you really know a song, you can make it your own so much oh, yeah. easier. Yeah. 
Side note and uh, pro tip for some maybe beginning drummers that are starting to gig: um, if you learn the the melody to the song, mm-hmm. especially in like the solo sections, when you're playing with a guitarist that does something completely different, you still know when to come in. Exactly. Yep. Hundred <laughs> percent. Because yeah, I mean, I'm and Andy does the same thing. Like he doesn't he doesn't always play like the solos note for note. Like he'll play some like certain iconic solos note for mm-hmm. note. Like we do like a stone by audio slave rips that note for note. And it's so cool. Um, like with all the Tom Morello effects and everything. But, um, but yeah, like if there's, <laughs> we literally, I mean, we turned freaking um, what's up into a shred fest. Cause we got Logan on base too. And Logan can sweet <laughs> pick on a freaking base and it makes me angry. But like, they literally do sweeping unison. When I watch him play, I'm like, I hate you. I love you, buddy, but I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> l- literally, man. It's, 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 he, he practices it's, disgusting ass off. he does no he 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 deserves everything that he has gotten and, and looks like some. he's not even trying oh yeah that's the worst of it that's the worst part by <laughs> far like, oh, yeah. just do this yeah <laughs> well, part of that's because he plays it all the way up here so he's just like he just has he just has to move his fingers yep like, it's exactly Yep, that's the it's the uh, people call it the prog way to hold guitar like all the way up here. I do the same thing if I'm being honest when I play. Yeah, damn it, everybody that's amazing and <laughs> I want to be like exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all practice, man. It is putting the put in the time. It it will come eventually. It'll take it, a while, it, it but is. dude, I after that show we did last week, I yeah. came home. And like the next three days, I just sat in here and I was like, I'm just gonna start learning all of these songs. Yep. I don't care because there's so many times like. I listen to Social Distortion and The Descendants and all these other bands. Mm-hmm. And, um, Rancid, one of my favorites. I never played any of their yeah. songs. Some people come request it. I'm like, yeah, I know it. No, but dude, that, that's how I'm I with the Foo Fighters. Like yeah. Foo Fighters so, are my favorite band, but yeah. like I don't listen to them to learn the parts. Right. So when somebody's like, play Pretender, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> well, and it's funny you mentioned that too. Like I. This is going to sound really weird, but like I did not learn songs like the songs I play on Broadway. I didn't learn them by like looking up how to play them or like practicing. Like I've learned everything I've ever known by ear. Mm -hmm. And like that's because and going back to like how I first started was because I would just listen to those Rush songs over and over and over and over and over and over until it blew in the face. And eventually I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. And but then right around the corner was YouTube. So as soon as YouTube came around, I was like, oh, okay, I can like look it up and see if I'm right. And sometimes I was right. Sometimes I wasn't. So like, then I fixed it. Yeah. So I learn everything by ear unless it's something I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what the hell. Exactly. Doing. Yeah. And there's some I'll, things you just need to I'll look go up. Look yeah. up either a tab or a lot of it's been YouTube lately. So I'm like, yeah, I need to see what you're doing because mm-hmm. that's not making sense in my brain. And then I see it. I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And it's always way easier than you thought it was. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> At least for me. Yeah. No, I mean, most of the time. Yeah, you're right. Cause it's like, I mean, unless I'm watching like I don't know Matt Garska or someone who like makes me want to throw a freaking brick through a wall. But That's different. Most people aren't him. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know who Matt Garska is, um, if you want to be inspired, look him up. If you want to quit, look him up. So, yeah. Emphasis on the quit part. I'll yeah. never be that good. No, he's stupid, and he also lives when, like right around you, the corner. When from you here. think like that. That's why you won't be. <laughs> there is That's... not enough time in my life to practice enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's stupid. Like he's that he that man is genuinely just on a different planet than every other person. Mm-hmm. Like, but anywho, sorry, I'll stop. No, no, you're fine. signing him off. <laughs> he does not sponsor this about. podcast either. Yeah, he would like to. <laughs> Minor symbols, Vicford sticks. Hello, yes, it's me again. That'd, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
you play with Monty full time, mm-hmm. but also I've seen you at like Honky Tonk Central, mm-hmm. playing like Kinsey and some other people. So where all do you play on? Like, do you play? You play with Monty. You play with Kinsey. Is there anybody else mm-hmm. you kind of play with full time, or is it just? Well, yeah, now me. Uh, <laughs> which again, thank you. Yeah, dude. Um, don't I'm, thank I'm really me. excited about this. Um, but so me, Kenzie, Monty, anybody else? No one full time right now. And I, quite honestly, like I don't do a ton of fill in work right now. I'd, I'd like to, um, but with my schedule, like it, so, I'll just run down my schedule. Like Tuesdays are tend to close at Johnny Cash's every time. Like they're very chill gigs. Rarely too many people in there, but they're fun. We kind of get like a paid rehearsal basically uh, for like especially like the hard shit. Like we're adding Dream Theater to our set list. Oh, Why nice. is any, is anyone going to request it? No. Are, but will we be prepared if someone finally does? Yes. Are but, you going to play it on a slow night? Absolutely. You're goddamn literally. right. We are. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, we, we we just added Kill Switch Engage too. Like because we just like yes. happened to do it one night. But oh, Kill Switch is one of my favorites. Dude, we, we added we added my curse the other night. We've actually played it a few times. Like people requested was, it too. Like, that was the very first Kill Switch song that I ever heard was my curse. Was it was it Guitar Hero? Uh no. Uh so one of my best friends back home, Charles, he uh it's like one of his all time favorite bands. Yeah. And he introduced them to me. And uh Charles and I used to have systems in our cars and we would do like competitions and stuff. And one day he like showed up he's like yo man you gotta hear this band and just like yeah played it in his car and i was like this is awesome oh yeah and i've been a fan ever since yeah dude they're freaking amazing they're so they're just i mean they're legends at this point but um but yeah no actually i i will say probably the biggest reason i like stuck with music and got really into it was because of those guitar hero games man like, like I like between learning, you know, like obviously everyone knows through the fire and the flames, of course, like that was just ridiculous. But like even the stuff in like the lower tier set list in the game, like you had like, you know, like the Joan Jett songs and you had Kiss and Poison. And like, that's how I actually learned a lot of those songs because I had to learn them on Guitar Hero. But now I it, they're ingrained in my head. If someone calls a song Guitar Hero, I know it like the back of my hand. Yeah. So it's, it's funny you say because there's quite a few other musicians that I've met that the same way. They're like, yeah, I know these songs, all, at least like the rock stuff. Yeah. Because of Guitar Hero. Straight, yeah, and absolutely. Like, I never, like I played it a few times and I was so bad at it. I was like, <laughs> I've never played this again. Oh, dude, me and like, my buddies, we... I was like, and it, to me, it, it just didn't make sense to me. I was like, this is not how you play a guitar. <laughs> like, I, Dude, I that's was how- like... That's how the drum stuff when they introduce like the rock band. Oh drums god, it's and stuff, awful! I can't do it. It's awful. It's like that's not at <laughs> yeah, all how I, I would was, play this. Yeah. So besides Rush, mm-hmm. like what was another one of your big musical influences? Dream Theater was the other big one for sure, and it's, it, I only say that because like Rush and Dream Theater, like the natural stepping stone from Rush was Dream Theater because Prague, right? So, so you're definitely yeah. a, a Prague guy, hundred okay. percent. Yeah, like and that's which and, again makes complete sense mm-hmm. as why you, Logan, and Andy it together so like well. a glove yep all three of y'all prog guys yep makes a lot of sense it does and and a big a big thing with that too was just like i mean i at the time i didn't know of any other drummers doing what those guys did yeah um and then you know youtube came along spotify came along and like the ways to discover all that new shit came along and then i think i ran into like animals as leaders with Matt Garska, and then mm-hmm. like eventually Periphery. I got a Periphery tattoo right here. Like, and you know, oh, that's a cute little tattoo. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's nice, nice and tiny, <laughs> it's nice and cute. Adorable. It's adorable. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and I'm looking over here, at Kyle, with a sleeve. My mom said she'd kill me if I ever got like any sort of sleeve. 
I might be dying soon. But anyway, <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm kidding. Um, they get over it. Yeah. Just just do it and just show up one day. It's funny. Happy Thanksgiving. Nah, man, I get a tattoo and I immediately like take a picture, and, like send it to my mom. I'm like, look what I got. <laughs> but um, but yeah. And as soon as I got into you know like the like the modern heavy stuff like my metal world just opened up and i've just i'm just a huge metal head all around i love anything rock anything metal but more recently i've kind of taken the step back and kind of went back to a lot of the pop stuff like the 1975 and like a lot of like um oh, who else like charlie xcx like like a lot of like the modern pop stuff with really good music doja cat especially doja cat is so freaking dope like like the the musicality that's, that's, that's what everybody says no, yeah I've, I've listened to some of it i'm like hey, it's- yeah if it hits it hits and if not like i get i i understand like it's it's definitely it's not my preferred listening for sure but like if i'm in the mood for it man i'm bumping it 100 percent. yeah okay and, i get that i get that yeah and mashuga too mashuga is the other big one so um, nice. one of my favorite things to do is like when I hang out with people and they're in my car, I they're always like, what do you want to listen to? And I'm like, nah, whatever, like you're in the mood yeah. for, whatever is like on your brain, like you throw it on because that's, that's how I discover new music. Exactly. That I'll put up an Instagram post and I'm like, yo, send me some songs because yeah. I listen to the same stuff. I've been listening to the same mm-hmm. shit forever. And like this last year, I've really been like, okay, I really want to like expand my musical horizons. Like, mm-hmm. just the stuff that I would generally never come across. Oh, dude, I got I got so, bands for you then. Uh, coming back from the uh, the kayaking trip the other day, uh, I did that to Chelsea. I was like, yo, whatever you're feeling, mm-hmm. like, here's my phone. Find it Go. on Spotify. Yeah. And we went through a couple of, like really interesting. Let me see if I can find them. There were some pretty interesting bands, but the the one that like stuck out to me that I have not stopped listening to is Dorothy. Oh, I know Dorothy. Yeah, dude, and it's just this like heavy grungy blues. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I think Mon- Monty really likes sick. Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. Was, let's see if I can find the other stuff. Um, Little Dragon was the other one. Portishead. Yeah, Portishead's cool. Yeah, Portishead, Little Dragon, and Nightwish, Satin Puppets. These were the the artists that she like brought up, and it is not stuff I would ever listen to. Hell yeah. But all very good, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to check some more of this yeah, stuff out. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's one of my favorite things to do. It's a great way to like learn new music and just like hear stuff that you don't normally hear is like telling other people like when they're in their car, hey, pick the playlist. Like, you yeah. pick the songs. I need to get better at that. So. I just... The amount of time that I choose not to listen to music, since yeah. music is so prevalent in my life, it's just like. So that that's why I've been doing this, Be- mm-hmm. and because yeah, we do we we listen to the same stuff that we like, and mm-hmm. or we're listening to stuff we're having to learn. Yeah, and so when I'm like, okay, like it was my day off, we have an hour and a half road trip back, yeah. we'll throw something on I've never yeah. heard, mm-hmm. and I thoroughly enjoyed it because I was like, okay, I'm. I'm listening. I'm listening to this music instead of being like, oh, I know how this song goes. Like singing along. I'm not paying attention to every part of this song. Yep. I'm like listening to all the instrumentation and the vocals and the melodies and stuff. And dude, it's been one of the best things for me. I have discovered so much music in the last couple of months. Yeah. Nice. Like, 
And if, if you get in my car and you're like, and you put on something that like I listen to, I'm like, nope, find something else. Something else, yep. So I, I listen to that. I don't want to listen to the same shit I listen to. Yep. Because when I go home, that's what I'm going to listen to. I don't want right. to listen to it for six hours. No, I'm, I, I actually, fair. I have, I do have a question for the two of you now. I want to know your top five favorite bands, both mm. of you. Because I, I want to do the same thing Kyle's doing. Oh, shit. Uh, no, no particular order, just top five. Number one's Blink-182. I knew that about you. Yep. Um, face, are you... Are you going to... uh... No, I'm not. Actually, I looked up tickets again this morning, and I'm not paying $200 to sit all the way at the top, very far back, and to get anywhere close, it's $500 plus, and I'm just You are going to hate me so much. Oh, I know. There's a lot of people going. (laughs) Me and my, my so my 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 best friend down here, Chris. He uh he is just the biggest Blink fan I've ever met in my entire life, and he actually secured VIP like stuff, nice. and he bought two tickets, and I'm going with them. Wait, yeah. If you got them when they first came out, you got lucky. Yep. Ticket, it's all resale, and, and yep. they're double, triple, quadruple the price. And yeah. Now I will say, like I've seen Blink. On almost every tour since I was 12 years old. Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I've so, actually never seen them. So the this will be my first time. Um, the only one I didn't see was when they were out with Lil Wayne. And then there was one one other one I think I missed. That's actually one like, of the ones my buddy Chris went to. I've, 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 yeah. I've even seen them at Warp Tour. Like way yes. back in the day. And when they actually and, still played Warp Tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When Warp Tour was fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, RIP Warped Tour. They used to have like half pipes and ramps and like just like <laughs> little, little mini skate parks everywhere. Man. And like, sta- like a few random stages and oh yeah. I, I got into God, the emo God. and metal shit like for Warped Tour like too, like not too but late see, but like. I was going to Warped Tour when it was just punk and ska. Right, yeah. Before there was emo and metal anywhere introduced to yeah. it. Yeah. Like it was punk and ska music. Dude, and it I, was the greatest thing ever oh yeah i need to go i need to find like a good ska show to go i've i've never seen oh, good, any ska bands good in my luck life. good luck yeah, it, seriously it i know it doesn't exist anymore. i know it's sad it's really yeah, sad you have yeah. to have 13 14 members yeah. <laughs> valid so someone actually did request one time the mighty mighty boston's at one of our shows i'm like i do know a song or two but like i mean no, no one in the band knew it i was like somebody but, not this not the one you played but the week before uh-huh. somebody requested that and I was just like, do you see any horns up here? Bro? <laughs> like, I would love to, but do you see any of that shit up here? I didn't think so. Yeah. Um, so anyways, top five bands. Um, Blink-182 is number one. FaceTime is definitely in my top five. They're, I heard of uh, they're a metal band from back my hometown. Oh, cool. Uh, two of my really good friends are in it, Paul and Ali, and they're just they just keep getting better and better. You actually, yeah. I think you would really like I've them. heard of them multiple they, times. I've been meaning to check get, them out. They get, um, they're kind of like kill switch. They're singing and screaming. It's, it's metal. It's heavy. A lot of this is like really signature, just guitar riffs. Sure. Their new drummer, um, is phenomenal. He's definitely a prog guy. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't, I can't think of his name now. And he's a tattoo artist, and he's oh, word. awesome. Oh, that's cool. Hell yeah, yeah. Um, that would end up in a lot of ink. Yeah. Oh, he he's covered. If I, mean, I was in a band with a tattoo artist, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, and done. <laughs> I'm not making any money. His, that's for his, damn sure. His aren't cheap. It's it's. I think it's a minimum of fifteen hundred dollars. Like, and he does like 
the big like yeah oh yeah big arm pieces and just just big pieces in general the geometric shapes and stuff yeah. like that just tribal style geometric shape stuff like it's it's wicked awesome yeah. um let's see um blackstone cherry definitely up there dude really uh, mm-hmm I mm-hmm. so Blackstone Cherry when I was in school of rock they were actually nice enough to like let us hang out with them after a show because I had buddies uh, these triplet brothers who were obsessed with them and by virtue of that I got very into them um, and they're some cool dudes man John Fred Young is a monstrous drummer oh my god yeah, yeah. they're they're a favorite of mine have been for a long time I got to see them and it was kind of before they like blew up. Yeah, like they were they were on their way up there. They had stuff that was like being on the radio and on TV, but um, they're from Kentucky, mm-hmm. and I went to Louder Than Life in 2015 or 16, and they played about midday, I guess, around three or four o'clock. Yeah, the entire place erupted. Really, the dude, the entire place erupted. Went fucking nuts that's so sick and um just yeah it was awesome all right let's see two more that i throw in my top five um man um well you think and i'll run down a couple of mine yeah and then we'll swap yeah. back i know you mentioned I'm foo fighters too. who's probably yep. number one i yep. love foo fighters um I'm, I'm gonna throw foo fighters in mine yes hell yeah fantastic um Eric Clapton. Nice. I went through a huge Eric Clapton phase for like that's almost all I listen yeah. to is his stuff. And so I'll throw him on there. Um, Bowling for Soup. Nice. I yes. love Bowling for Soup so freaking That much. means you love the song Almost, and I think Almost is the far superior song in the 1985 I Said What I Said. And you're accurate. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm, oh. I'm going to have to say my, my last one's The Offspring. Nice. That's awesome. Because that's them and Blink-182 were like the two bands that I constantly listened to growing up. So I had a, a portable CD player. Um, I'm sorry for you kids that don't know what the fuck a CD player is. As a matter is. of fact, I had a CD player because I, 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 at like five years old, I got it at like, we used to go to a lake um, with me and my family and this, some guy won a CD player in a raffle and he ended up giving it to me because he's like, you're into music or something like that. I, I can't remember what happened, but my first CD was Jesse McCartney's Beautiful Soul. <laughs> yep. You're so Hilarious. <laughs> I know. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, I had, I had a CD player and I would steal my oldest brother's CDs and so, um, the offspring was one of them. Metallica was another one. Um, specifically the, the garage series yeah. one and two. And then, um, which is probably one, garage one is probably one of my favorite albums of theirs ever. Um, and then three eleven. Nice. Those were CDs of my brothers. I would constantly steal nice. and the offspring one I stole and never gave back. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Do you have? Do we have the Offspring smash. on that on that set now? Oh, we do now, yeah. Nice. Which one? Um, the kids aren't all right, and then I think I'm gonna pull a couple from Smash. Okay. Um, can we do? So. You're gonna go Far Kid, or do you not like that one? Yeah, we can do that. One. Sick. That's Absolutely. my favorite Offspring song. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Sorry, continue, Bobby. That's where I got. Uh, the, now I'm that's thinking I, got, I need to come to your show. That's where I got the band name <laughs> from. Was uh, Yep. Clever Alibi is one of the the lyrics in. Kids aren't all right. The kids aren't yeah. all right. Let's see. Um, oh, uh, Zach Brown Band. 
Really? I saw them live. Holy fuck. I've heard great things Dude. about them live. Yeah. I'm not a huge country so guy, but like phenomenal. I've heard great things so about those guys. Fun. Like just the musicianship and level of musicality that they put in their live mm-hmm. show is phenomenal. Who's drumming for them? I can't remember his name. I can picture him. He's fan flipping tastic. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I love the story on how entire he started playing with him. Uh, yeah. It was basically uh, he got a call and it was like, hey, do you want to come do this show for like 20 bucks and a cheeseburger? And he was like, <laughs> hell, I'm hungry. I'll do it. Hell yeah. And then that <clears throat> ended up being the Zach Brown gig. So that's insane. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh, a fifth one. Um, I'm going to go just because I used to listen to them all the time and I'm going to see them here in a few days. Um, I'm going to go with Matchbox 20. Hell yes. Because my parents raised me on Matchbox 20 and Dude, Rob Thomas. Rob and Thomas bon sings and all his that. ass off. Dude, he does, man. All the shows I've seen of them have been phenomenal. I, I like Kyle, if you ever wanted to throw on Matchbox 20, I can play probably a good 50% of that whole catalog, nice. if I'm honest. Like, Dude, I love me some Matchbox 20. Can yeah. We- Nobody plays push and it pisses me I off. I know. Yeah. Like, stop playing 3 a.m. Learn some others. Dude, ma- push, there's other Matchbox she's 20 so songs. mean. Like, oh, that's that a good song's one. a good one. Bucks. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Can we? Yeah. Yes. Anything other than 3 a.m. Yeah. It's a no, good, no, it's I have a no problem song. with 3 a.m. 3 a.m. is a great good song. song. But it's the I'm only not, one I get to play. I'm exactly. Not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that one on my set. Like, And that's another thing. Like, When you see the new set, there are some songs that like Will's band does. Yeah. But... For the most part, I'm trying to pick stuff that's not really done on Broadway, that's, mm-hmm. but that people still know that when we play it. They're sure. Like, oh yeah, I know this. Song. Exactly. Yeah. Rise Against is a perfect example of that. I feel like because people are like, oh yeah, I do know this dude, song. Everybody yeah. was mm-hmm. going nuts when we were playing Rise. I Against. couldn't believe it, dude. I, I I thought for sure it would just clear I the room. Now, but I forget how old that I am. <laughs> I have that so same when I see problem. people that are you know five to ten years older than me. And they're singing these songs. I'm like, dang, how do these people know this? And I'm like, oh yeah, mofo, you're old. Like, <laughs> you ain't, you ain't a little young spring chicken no more. <laughs> like you up there in age. I mean, even like going back to Blink 182, like seeing all their videos of them recently, and like Tom and all of his gray hair. And I'm just yeah, like, man, you guys look old. Yeah, they're are they in their fifties now? Oh yeah. God damn. Like that's wild. Yeah, because when I was 12, they were all like 23, 24, 25, something like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. You know what? Let's let's check the Google research. Right. All right, um, we're running low on time, so we, while we he's are. Google researching, I yeah. have my funky question for yeah. you. Go ahead. Uh, we talked a little bit about it before we started the podcast and didn't get to get into a video game conversation. Oh, here we go. So, what is your video Mark game? Mark Hoppus is 51. Jesus nice. Christ. What is your video game right now? What is your game addiction oh, at the boy. moment? Um... Tom's 47. I, God almighty. How old is Travis? No, sorry. I need to know how old Travis Barker is, because now I'm going to get mad. 47. Fuck. 
Anyway, so <laughs> and he's still so good. God damn. Anyway, he survived a plane crash. D- literally, yeah, and still plays drums. Yeah, among other things. And I'm yeah. afraid of a skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyways, your question. But um, yes. So right now, um, it's Final Fantasy 16. Oh, um, nice. it is freaking fantastic, I'll man. Play it to all the people hating on this game. Fuck you. It is so <laughs> good. I don't care what anyone says. I've also never played a Final Fantasy game before in my entire life. My friend Ben can convinced me he's like give it a shot i played the demo i got an early access thing because he's like in the video game industry um he's just like dude it is it really is that good and it's it's really good i mean like i'm not a huge fantasy person because like when i grew up playing video games it was call of duty with my friends Mm. and i would play you know guitar hero obviously um the burnout games if you remember those like it was all over the place with that stuff but um but my all-time favorites um, are recent ones. And like I was telling you before, I recently came into the PlayStation world mm-hmm. um, just completely by accident, really. Um, so proud of you. I do. Thank you. <laughs> because all my buddies, we all play, you know, the FIFA games. I'm a big soccer person. Like, we play the FIFA video games. We'll play, you know... Fortnite, or we play that new game Chivalry, like where you just like like literally just medieval warfare. It's so stupid, but it's it's funny. I, I yes. don't play it a ton, but they do it. It's amazing. And Rocket League and all the big multiplayer right. games. But when I'm on my own though, and it's and I'm playing by myself, God of War, God of, God of War, fantastic. and God of War Ragnarok, man. Oh my god! Like there, it makes me it that game in particular made me realize that video games are some of the most incredible form of art out there. Mm-hmm. Like like and honestly, there's so much musical inspiration to be found in those in the oh, stories yeah. they tell, not just the game itself. Like I, like God of War. I mean, I'm sure you know the gameplay is unbelievably good. Yes. But that's that's beside the point. Like the story of a broken father and a son who has no idea who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not, I'm not. I won't spoil it if anyone hasn't played it. But like, it's. It's set, it's set in the Norse world, but it's like the the power behind every single thing and like the performances from the guys who did it, Christopher Judge who played Kratos, like unbelievable. Dude, even the Spider-Man games. They're Dude, the Spider-Man incredible. Games are sick. Like like they're so good. And I, I've been a huge Spider-Man fan my whole life, but like seeing When you're swinging around the city, it feels like you're swinging I around know. the city. And, and on top of that, you've got great characters and story to boot. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's ridiculous. And then uh, what else have I played recently? Um, or, and I say recently, like over the past like three or four years, the The Witcher Three was fantastic. I finally got around to that like Dude, a I, year or two I've ago. I've tried to get it's through a lot, that game man. so many it's times. It's a lot. I I'll finally put it down, pushed it, and then I'll come back and I'll be like, I don't remember what was going on. I'll just start over. I pushed through That's it during COVID. It, it was worth it. It was definitely <laughs> worth the experience. But yeah, it's a lot. But um, but yeah, I mean, if if I had to pick a favorite, it's it's got to be God of War. Like th- yeah, those games so are cool. unbelievable. Now, did you go back and start with the original? So I played one of them on the PSP way way back when, okay. like probably like fifteen Man, years ago. Yeah, right. That's PSP. a throwback. <laughs> yep. But, <laughs> I had um, one of them. But yeah, and I, I I remember it, and like I remember the characters. So what I did before I got the PlayStation because I knew I was going to start with the 2018 God of War reboot. Yeah. Um, Cause I was so excited. I, I love Norse mythology. And so I went back and kind of saw everything that had happened okay. to him. And I was like, okay, I, I remember it now. I played it once upon a time. Like, but now I'm like, okay, I get it now. Um, Cause the way they yeah. play into the character development mm-hmm. of Kratos between the original trilogy and then the soft reboot, yep. it's, oh my gosh. It's like, genius, man. And like, and the people who say like, oh, like, you know, the stories like, 
you know, weak or it's not like how it used to be. Like, yeah, that's called developing a character, my guy. Like, uh, what do you what do you expect? Right. Like, it, it it really like I don't like to look at comments too much on on any social media or whatever. But like some of the things people say about, and it goes for music too. Like mm-hmm. any sort of like thing where people are evolving and changing. Like our architects, the band Architects is a great example. They were a hardcore metalcore band, like British British underground metalcore, like really really inspiring. And their guitar player, right? Guitar player, yeah. Um, he had terminal cancer at like 26, and he died. And ever since he passed away, a lot of fan bases have been saying, or a lot of the fan bases have been saying some like really awful shit, like, "Oh, this band will never be the same without this guy." And like, they've definitely gone in the more arena. I don't, I don't want to call it arena rock. They're definitely still metal. Yeah. But like, they're opening up for Metallica now. Yeah. Like, clearly they're doing something right. Like, if you're opening up for Metallica in stadiums, right? You know, so it, and it, and it goes for the games too. It's like, you know, in, number one, enjoy what you want to enjoy. Don't let people tell you otherwise. If someone doesn't like it, that's their thing. It's it, if it's not their thing, it's not their thing. Right, big freaking deal. But I I also tend to love a lot of things because I view I like I'm definitely one of the people who views video games as a really beautiful art form. Like people mm. are putting on these motion capture shoots. They're actually acting like in these yeah. modern day games. Like this is not just like yeah, of course it's a lot of computer stuff that's way beyond my knowledge. I have no idea how much goes into that. But man, some of the things that people do mm-hmm. like and, and the they voice have to pull acting off. alone. Oh, and dude, The Last of Us. Sorry, I have to throw it out there too. The last I <laughs> Uh, controversial. I think The Last of Us Part Two is so much better than The Last of Us Part One, and it's not because The Last of Us Part One is bad. I think The Last of Us Part Two was so ambitious and so freaking brilliant. Like for anyone who's played it, you know what I'm talking about. For anyone who hasn't, and you've only seen The Last of Us show, just wait. <laughs> I've, I've only gotten through during the pandemic. I started playing The Last of Us, and I didn't get very far into that game. Yeah, and I finally was like, yeah. <clears throat> That, that's out. one of those games. There is a hump. Yeah, there's a way once you get over that hump. But whoo. once you get yeah. like into the game, yeah. it opens up and mm-hmm. becomes amazing. Quite something. Yeah. I have not played the second one. Maybe I'll oh, give it another shot. It's then. on the list, but yep. things keep coming out, and I keep getting them first. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, I, when when I found out that my that I was going to get a PS5, like I stopped every like not everything like I, I live i exist i do things i have life <laughs> but like um but like anything video game related i was doing i put a hard stop i was like i am playing god of war and i'm playing the last of us like i've been waiting for years yes. and i finally got the opportunity so great all right boys yeah. well we're definitely uh, over our time that's all right <laughs> been a great interview drew thank you so much Dude, for coming in and talking to us and i'm really looking forward to you uh playing for me in our our friday night show Dude, of It'll course be- a lot of fun. Make sure you come and see us at Snitch starting July 14th every Friday from 10 to close um, with my band, Clever Alibi. Uh, Drew, where can they find you on all the socials? It is at Drew underscore Meckler. That's M-E-C-H-L-E-R. I'm sure it'll be in the title. I'm sure most of you can read. If you cannot, just listen to the sound of my voice and it'll be okay. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, seriously, at Drew, at Drew underscore Meckler on Instagram, Twitter. There, there's everything. the line. Listen to my sound. Listen to the sound of my voice. It'll be okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the title. There, there, there's a T-shirt right there. There it is. That, there's your money maker. All right, Bobby. Where can they find you? I'm at Story of Bob or Story of Bob Music everywhere. If you search Story of Bob, I'll pop up. And I am Kyle Thurkey or Thurkey Bass everywhere. Again, if you're looking for me, I'm not that hard to find. 
Drew, it's been an honor having you in here talking with us today. I love hearing your story and get to know you better. The honor is yeah, all my best my friends. friends. Yeah, hell yeah. Dude, I, I I love that we're all just a bunch of nerds doing this. Oh, dude, yeah. 100%. <laughs> we seem so cool on stage. Nah, we're, we're just I can, I can go on forever with this shit. We, we barely <laughs> scratched the surface of we'll, this stuff. We'll have so. you back on for sure. We're, yes, we're, we're going to do some, some more uh, double interviews here hell coming yeah. up. So. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Amos Bicycle. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have a great time putting it on for you, so we really appreciate all of the listens. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you just search Nashville for Nobody's Podcast, we will pop up and you can interact with us that way. We also have some more options coming up in the future for interaction, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band. Thank you.